Welcome to this uh, podcast from the Human Wisdom Project. My guest today is John Campbell. He's a transformation coach and guide and has been active for the last 30 years helping people and organizations. John, welcome. Thank you. Today we're going to explore uh, a really interesting question, which is how do we human beings make decisions? Or how does the human mind make decisions? I, maybe the first question is, um, what lies behind the decision-making? So um, what are the drivers which, which create the situations in which we, A, need to make decisions, and, and B, then go about doing it? Yes. We don't even, it's an automatic process that's for most of us, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the first driver in our thinking that uh, is behind the decisions we make is on what's important to a particular person or values, as you might call it, in other words. Yeah. Can you think of an example? Oh, I, I, absolutely. Um, so from my own background, uh, m- my my father instilled on me a, a huge need to be self-reliant. Yes. Um, even, even to the point that if he and I were going out for the day to do something of good father-son bonding, um, he would make sure that I got all my stuff ready. Yes. And if I didn't, I had to live with the consequences with it. Yes. So self-reliance was something that uh, became inbred in the way that I believed I had to live my life. Yes. And um, I have to say for 90% of the time, it's been really useful, but inevitably overused or in the wrong, in the wrong um, context, it's, it has occasionally got me in trouble. Yes. For others, it's a sense of social justice, for example. Some people have a very strong sense of social justice and won't buy things that are um, made with slave labor or won't, you know, or they might say, well, I believe in the environment, so I'm not going to fly anywhere for my holidays. So, yeah. um, So there are internal convictions that we have that drive decision-making and yeah, and, and I often think that um, what, happen, what happens is that when one of those, um, whether it's a principle or a value or whatever, it doesn't really matter what we call it, mm-hmm. when one of those things that is so important to us is threatened, mm-hmm. what then tends to happen is we then tend to um, act irrationally. Mm-hmm. Um, because if something is threatened, we go into a defensive mode yes, yes, and, yes. and try to protect ourselves. And, and the, the decision-making that then emerges from that can be, um, what well, can be irrational. Yes. And um, so the kind of thing I'm thinking of would be that if, if something's really important and, and somebody threatens it, I might say something to the person who's threatened it mm. that could then destroy the relationship. Yes. Um, or I, I, so I could overreact. Yes, someone is trying to uh, give you a helping hand, and you might just shout at them, saying, <laughs> "Because you, because yeah. being self-reliant is so important for you." You see what I mean? 
absolutely right. Um, and that goes back to the self-reliance thing. <laughs> but it, if you offer me help, um, I, I'm almost certainly going to say, no, no, I'm fine. Yes. But actually, in so doing, by reacting that way, A, I'm not helping myself. And B, I'm depriving you an opportunity to do something that's um, important to you as well. So, you know, if, if I responded differently, it could have been a... a a win-win for both of us. Yes. Uh, but but my irrational response has deprived us both of, of that possibility. So what you've highlighted is something important. That we're not saying any of these drivers are right or wrong, but we are no. saying they're operating unconsciously. And by Absolutely. making the unconscious conscious, becoming aware of them, we can yep. then respond to each situation based on the needs of the situation and with intelligence, with wisdom, and so on. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The other driver is our self-interest. Now, people don't like to use that word because they equate it with being selfish, and they don't like to think of themselves as selfish. But actually, the human mind at its core operates from self-interest without being aware of it. And it affects us in so many ways and drives right. our decision-making too. Can you think of an example? Well, before I go into an example, I, I would kind of like to offer us um, maybe a slightly different framework for that, but it's the okay. same the same topic, absolutely. Yes. I, I, I think we, we operate from, um, in the self-interest space, we offer operate from, one of three basic fears. So one, one, one is a fear that I don't have enough. Hmm. So if, if, I'm, if I'm struggling to make ends meet, hmm. then um, my decision-making is going to be very short-term and fear-based yes. because I, 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 don't, I don't even think of something differently. Yes. Another fear, I think, is of not being loved enough, mm. that I'm not being recognised and valued and, and um, respected enough. I, mm. and, and so that, that feeds into our sense of belonging. And if I feel I don't belong, then I, I'm, as human beings being social animals, um, I, I'm going to be desperate to try and fill that. Mm. And then the third one, which probably feeds more closely to, your, to the, the self-interest bit, um, is I, I'm not good enough. Mm. And I think, I think as a driver for much of our decision-making, many, many people carry this thing around that says, I'm not good enough. Yes. Um, and that may be because we've been trying to please a parent um, or um, a partner or, 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 or a boss even. Yes. But... Our, our, our desire to be shown to be good enough, I think is really very strong. So um, the self-interest piece, I think maps very closely into those three fears. Yes. But I find it quite useful to look at it from a basis of um, fear-based decision-making as opposed to love-making, love-based love decision-making. So you've brought up something really interesting, which is that we all carry with us these unconscious fears. Mm we're not aware of, which drive our decision-making. So let's take the three examples you mentioned. So my fear of not having enough, for example, might make me 
do a job that I don't love, but it makes the money, right. you know? Absolutely. Or uh, it might make me um, continue in a job that I really don't like, but my fear of uncertainty, insecurity, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll carry on in that yeah. job. Or the fear of not being loved enough or of being lonely. I yes, absolutely. The fear of being lonely is so deep-seated in human beings. It might, it drives us to socialize and drives us to, you know, which is nothing wrong, by the way, but it might make you stick, cling on in relationships or groups or friendships, which no longer yeah. serve your needs, but your fear of loneliness keeps you there. Yeah. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or drives you to make decisions that may not be in your best interest. And lastly, the fear of not being good enough, as you said, uh, may make you not even try things. Yeah. You may not think you're good enough, so you may not seek a partner. You might think, oh, nobody's going to love me. <laughs> yeah. Or you may not try for the next promotion or for another type of job because you think, oh, and so on. You see what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So just becoming aware of the many unconscious fears that operate in the background can help illuminate them yeah. and make us make better decisions, if you like. Yeah, yeah. But our self, coming back to self-interest, which you're right, ties in yeah. with all this. But for example, we have many emotional needs which we look to others to meet. So wherever my emotional needs are being met, for example, the need to be important, yep. it's operating in the background, I'm not aware of it, yep. but it's what will push us in organizations to have the biggest office and, you know, to have the biggest car or most expensive car in the parking lot or whatever it might be. Yep. Yes, yeah. Or um, to be close to the boss uh, mm. and, and so on. What about our need for pleasure, John? How does that drive our various decisions? We, as human beings, we seem to either drift towards or, be, or gravitate towards um, those things that are pleasurable. It's, it's sort of part of the human condition yes. that, that takes us, takes us um, in that direction. Yes. Um, and, and sometimes that can blind us to the impact of making a decision that's been made on a basis of unpleasure un seeking. Or I can think of all the impulse buying that occurs. You, know, you may go to a, yep. a, a shop or a supermarket for yep. one item, you come back with three others that you really didn't yep. want before you went in there. You know? <clears throat> so the need for pleasure uh, operates in the background. And again, it's not wrong, it's a beautiful thing, but just being aware of it allows us to make much more intelligent, yeah. wise decision. So do you think all these things emerge from a general sense of lack that we have inside us? We give different words to it, but like it yeah. could be a sense of emptiness that we, as part of being human, and all the things we seek outside in some way help to be a bomb 
over that feeling. Whether yeah, it's uh, seeking validation, seeking pleasure, seeking importance, seeking yeah, whatever it is we're seeking, in the end, it's to cover over that ache of emptiness or unrestlessness that we carry with us inside. Yes, I, I, I think it is. And so um, I guess one of the, the, the challenges in our human journey is to be able to recognize that Yes. And and over and overcome that as a drive, and replace it with a different drive. So instead yes. of a, a drive of scarcity, um, and not enough or whatever, mm. a, into one where of abundance, where I am okay, mm. there is enough, and um, I am enough. Yes. And then, by the way, none of these things are right or wrong. We're just saying become no. aware of them so that you can make rational intelligent decisions for yourself that's all yes but it also it brings me then to the last but perhaps the most important influence on our decision making which is our unconscious conditioning all our influences from the past <laughs> yes absolutely i mean as parents we think our children should be the mirror image of ourselves that this is how we don't even we don't say that consciously and we're not even aware of it but Everything we tell them is because we think they should do things the way we did them in the past. Um, but conditioning affects us in so many other ways. For example, um, all our religious beliefs come from conditioning. They shape all our behavior, right? Yeah. Whatever religious practices, none of them are right or wrong, by the way, but just how they shape our lives without us even being aware of them. Yes, and, and, and also the, the way in which um, a particular society is constructed, mm. so whether it's paternalistic or, or, or autocratic or what have you, mm. those are another set of conditioning. So um, and one, of, one of the places I work with is, is Kenya, and um, there is very definitely a social construct in the way in which society expects to operate and people are expected to operate within it. Yes, there's different to, to those that are that uh, exist in the UK. Yes. It's not saying they're wrong; it, they're different, and um, yeah, and we need to understand where where they work and where they don't work. Yes. So, for example, so many men think that women should be a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's whether that's how they dress or what they eat or cook or how they look after the house. You know, they have very definite ideas which they're certain are correct. Yes. And of course, that can cause all sorts of conflict right? and problems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, women, and the men, the, that's the nature of conditioning, you see, is that it happens unconsciously, but we're certain that we're correct, we become attached to it. Yeah. So if you go to some parts of the world, I mean, in extreme cases, Afghanistan, where you know they're saying, "Oh, women shouldn't be educated." Yes. Now, when yeah. we look at it from here, we think, "Oh, that's really a strange decision," but for them, it's you know they're really attached to that because that's their particular condition, mm. without being aware of it. So being aware of our own conditioning, which is not wrong, allows us to question it and live with 
this wisdom that we talk about. But our conditioning also, in terms of, it affects our behavior in other ways. For example, if you've been abused in childhood yourself, you're much more likely to abuse others. That's just the statistics point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so on. So perhaps we should um, end the podcast by exploring one last question, which is, why is it important to ask this question? I think the human journey is all about um, learning mm. and um, deriving meaning from our experiences. And if, if that's the case, then the more that we can reflect on, on our conditioning, um, what's driving the decisions we're making, and the more we understand that, Hmm. The more we uh, get closer to understanding who we really are, hmm. and therefore are able to act more in tune with, uh, from a conscious place, our authentic self. Yes. I like that word. To me, the word authentic means, and it means different things to different people, of course. It's just a word. But what it triggers in me is a feeling of saying what I mean rather than just what other people want to hear. <laughs> yes. And then actually really meaning what I say. And I remember the words of a poet, Tagore, in one of his poems. Tagore is a poet from Bengal in India. He said, where my words come out from the depths of truth. Mm. Um, yeah. And that really resonates with me. So are you living your truth? Are you making your decisions from your truth? Yeah. The other reason why it's important to understand all this is that we then don't make decisions that really come back to bite us in the long term, that we may either regret, but in that heat of the moment, the decisions you'll make, if you're not aware of your fear and all those other things going yeah. on, you'll make the wrong decisions that may come back to bite you um, and not be in your best interest. And I think one more area where understanding all our drivers makes a difference is it allows us to live with integrity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In, the, in the world, you know, yeah. there is just so much corruption, for example, they say 30% of government contracts in some parts of the world are lost due to the money is wasted due to corruption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how can we human beings live with a deep sense of integrity? So we're a force for good in the world. We do the right thing. Uh, we're comfortable in our own skin and we live in peace with ourselves and others. And I think living with this deeper understanding of all these drivers in our own thinking can allow us to do that. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 without the reflection that comes from um, thinking about the impact of what you do and, and, and the impact that it has, without that reflection, you never learn. And if you never learn, you just repeat the mistakes you've always made. Yes. Or there's a risk that you will. Yes. So for, uh, I agree entirely that, that the, this process of, of 
beginning to understand more and more about who you really are enables you to live from an authentic place mm. and demonstrate that through behavior that demonstrates our integrity. Yes. So a practical tip to anyone making a decision could be just pause, right? Yeah. Breathe and ask yourself one simple question. What's going on in my thinking yeah. right now that's behind, that's shaping my thinking around making this decision? Yes. Is this the authentic or the right thing to do? And then that suddenly makes you aware of all of these things in your soup, in the back room of your yeah. thinking. Once you become aware of them, then you can make, for you, the right decisions. Yes. One of the triggers um, to that might be um, uh, to enable you to get into that space of, whoa, what's going on here, is that there is, we usually have a visceral reaction to something that, it, that is requiring us to make a challenging decision. And we need to listen to that visceral reaction to create the space to say, oh, okay, what's going on here? Why am I thinking of reacting in this way? Is it appropriate? Is it the best decision for me and for the world um, before I actually make it? Hmm. Yes. It, it's, it's that moment when we go, whoa, what's going on here? Yes, yes. That we use that to create the space to reflect and ask ourselves the deeper questions. Well, thank you for that. I think it's been a really illuminating conversation, as always. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about any of the points that we've discussed in the podcast today, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Uh, thank you for listening.